Why, hello, everyone. Hello. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, hi there. Welcome once more to Reckless Attack, a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am, as ever, your GM, Nathan, welcome you here uh, around this beautiful table of even more beautiful players. Hello, players. Hi. Hello. Hi, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you all, once again, remind our dear listeners who you all both are in the physical space, but also who you are in the imagination sphere that we are about to all dive in together, starting with the person on my right. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Sylvasterlin, the dragonborn monk who is uh, chilling out in the, in the void, the welcome void, <laughs> the welcome void of the restricted section of the library in Agmar. Yes. The Very Red chill. City. Very unstimulating to the point where it is overstimulating. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Rightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is looking a bit worse for wear. <laughs> you went down at least, did you go all the way down once in the combat? No. I can't remember. But I think he's at, le he's at least like at a quarter of his hit points. Ouch. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's looking pretty beat up, but happy that we got a book. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, great. One out of four. One down. One out of five. <laughs> uh, I'm going to die here. <laughs> and to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And for the first canonical time, Mango has turned into a puddle of Mangoop. Oh, forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. And then yeah. Checkers made a little mud frog and then went off and did his own thing. And wow, Mango's back. Incredible. Look at that. But he's having fun. The question is, is this the same mango as earlier, or is it a different mango? <laughs> or is it is it like a clone situation, where is it a continuation of the same consciousness? Exactly. Or like, are there five minutes of memory gap where the kind of spiritual backup files hadn't mm -hmm. kicked in yet? What is identity? <laughs> right. What does it mean to be a large, a large frog? I don't know. These are the questions we answer. I here. think it's better if Mango does not remember right. the means <laughs> right. of, of their death. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And Val is really just wishing that that last room did not have a filing system. It did, because <laughs> she was really excited to try and crack the super arcane, possibly highly explosive filing system that the Pentarchy developed. Yeah. And... The unseen servants slash automatons who were supposed to uphold that <laughs> the, high order the of filing rules of of library organization corrupted it, <laughs> and she just can't get over that. She's in her thoughts in this welcome void a lot, just thinking about library filing. What systems. could have been? If only, if only. Finally, it was a normal room. It could have been. It could have been cool, but alas, those damn unseen servants. We find our adventurers once more, as Steve said, in the void, the void of welcoming, TM, <laughs> capital, capital V, capital W, and the blank white void that you guys stepped into when you came here into the restricted section and met Titanius, 
the very stable, feeling good, not at all having an identity crisis, a dwarven ghost who used to be a librarian here who has been stuck in the restricted section as it is overflowing with magic for several decades, 50, 60 plus years. And he's doing great. He's thriving. He's met new friends. Uh, and he has seen these uh, these new friends and hopeful rescuers, or at least just someone who's not himself, return back into his void from getting the first book on their list, the Pentarchy Proclamations, Volume 19. We've kind of caught up a little bit, but what is it? How, how's everyone like emerging from this portal? And like, what's the vibe? What's the like, how beat up are you guys? How excited? How good are you feeling? What's the kind of like, what's the mood? What's the the morale of the party? One down, four more to go. So I imagine we we fought the automatons. We had this like weird ghost worm kind of thing, just like flying around, breathing poison on us. And I imagine the last 15 minutes were kind of like a hectic frantic dash to find this book and like just get the fuck out of here like, <laughs> like i don't, don't want to be here yep. nope 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 and so kaskrin like stumbles out of this doorway that Selv has you know reopened collects himself and then like yells at titanius like what the hell was that <laughs> <laughs> what did you send us into I, I don't what I, I don't know what you're talking about oh my gosh as val is exiting. She's just kind of slowly following self, like calmly following self out the door, kind of muttering to herself. And you can see her mime, like putting books on the shelf, still trying to puzzle out how the sports section <laughs> was was yep. filed. It's on her mind. And being like, I get it, but like, why? Like, I don't. <laughs> Who does that? And she's still just like caught up in that, not in the moment realizing like, nope, we're still in a highly magical, unstable place and should really get my head back in the game. Yes, totally. And Checkers is just like poking Selv, just like, Selv, the Grand Serviciousness, super cool, right? Love that thing. So Selv is kind of in between guiding Val through the doorway and getting poked in the side by checkers. <laughs> Some real, and, like, dad yeah, of toddlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically. And he's trying to explain and also have a conversation with checkers at the same time, but there's kind of a, well, you see, the, the sports was green with blue trim and so obviously couldn't be put next to the teal of the signed document section. And so... Yes, checkers. <laughs> it was very, very cool, checkers, yes. Lots of... Although I imagine there would be a lot more order to following the grand serviciousness than you are normally used to. Casper <laughs> has waited until we've reached the welcome void again to, like, go through his pack and drink a health potion. Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows what would have happened if we had it in, like, the other room. Just like, man, magic's weird. Yeah. <laughs> totally, absolutely. You're just like trudging through and just like chugging potions like it's a beer just after a long day at the mines. And like he is listening to this conversation about the sports section and like doesn't quite get it. Like, I don't know. They're books. It's probably Uh. it's probably safe to say that no one truly gets it. So that's that's probably fair. 
Titanius again, the ghost who is sitting behind this large desk, stacks of books on kind of either side of him and skeletons still slumped over. Kind of no matter how it is jostled or no matter what direction the desk is facing, the skeleton seems to be always semi-permanently right in the same spot. The ghost kind of looks up again, checks in with you guys, make sure everyone has made it out and says, okay, okay, you did it, one down. And then, uh, I don't know... Um, time, you did spend it, and you had limited amounts, but there's no clocks, and I haven't experienced linear time. We've been gone for about 20 minutes, uh, but we came in here about 40 minutes ago. Okay, minutes. Yep, I remember that those exist. How many of those do you have again? And do we do, uh, he kind of looks, hopefully you guys do, do we have before leaving? Oh, and like hearing Titanius's under the surface panic stricken voice answer kind of snap out of her thought process. And honestly, probably just being asked a math question. Be like, <laughs> We have 240 minutes total. It's a good thing if we stick to that. Yeah, 240 minutes. So you have 240 minutes. That's great. That's great news. That's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You have the 40 minutes. I, I think you may be misinterpreting that. So we have 200. We have 240 minutes, not, oh. not 240 minutes. Oh. Oh, yes. So what Val is saying is we should keep it moving if we can and Catherine again is trying to like heal himself up, like patch himself up from the last encounter, and will say, Titanius, I think this is the big one that we need. Can you look up the Liber Morte for us? I think it it might be in a more dangerous section than the one we got out of. He kind of snaps out of his trying to remember how math and counting works, and just is like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, next section, next section. And he pulls out, you know, kind of knocks on his desk once more, and the the magical Rolodex kind of pops back up from a hidden compartment. And he starts spinning and starts kind of doing the intricate movements that kind of started flipping through the various catalogs of books. And then you say Liber Morta, and you say that it's in a dangerous section, and he kind of stops for a second, and he looks up at you, and then looks back down and then just like starts scrolling once again, a little slower than the last time. Looks down at the card, looks up at you guys again. And if he had any saliva, would swallow. And then plucks the card kind of out and says, well, here's the next one. Um, Before, there are rules here. So before I give you this, I have to take back the first one, it's a one in, one out kind of situation. And I don't, I never found out what happened when you break the rules. Um, Let's not start. And that's I, sensible I policy. agree. I agree. Checkers was literally about to go up and grab the next one before <laughs> Selv had given it back. And at, at Titanius is like, I don't know what happens if you break the rules. Checkers is like, 
Mm. Now, <laughs> steps in front of Checkers between him and Titania to be like, no, we're Check- not finding this out now. Checkers is just small enough that he was able to be like out of line of sight from the desk. And yeah. so he didn't see that you were about to reach for yeah, it. Yeah, there's like a little frog can that just shoots out from <laughs> b- out of Titania's field of vision, almost touching the card and then just gone. <laughs> <laughs> I will produce the card, the previous card, and hand that back. And who is the official person who's checking this out? <laughs> uh, the frog hand comes back up yep. <laughs> and touches the card and pulls it back. But I do have a question. Yes. Is there any information on this card outside of just the title of the book? Like, I'm, I'm wondering, do we know who wrote this from the index card or any other, like, identifying information? No. So this is, once again, it's a great question, but the note card itself is gibberish okay. as, as for, for anyone. Like, even Val was kind of looking at it and was like, okay, I recognize the symbols and I kind of remember the language that this is written in, basically. But even for Val, it's like, I can't read this. Like, this is not giving me useful information because it's so dense with, like, arcane protection and riddles and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. It basically looks like a code. Yeah, it's like Wingdings is the font that this (laughs) is in, basically. Like magical, ancient Wingdings. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. That were scrawled in in someone that someone hand wrote out a Wingdings, basically. Cool. (laughs) So, checkers, you have in hand the note card. and, And Titanius, again, kind of looks down at you and he's like, now, just to really, to hammer it home... This is your responsibility. Don't lose it. We trust you, checkers. I believe in you. Jonathan is stroking his yeah, chin. I'm just, I, I'm just trying to think, like, is checkers going to play a prank with this? <laughs> he has time to figure yeah, it okay, out okay, if he okay. wants to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for right now, checkers is like, yep, totally titanious. I gotcha. I'll hang on to it. No problem. Val will look checkers in the eye, put both hands on his shoulders, make direct eye contact, (laughs) saying, Checkers, this is a big responsibility. I believe you can do this. And we are (laughs) trusting you to keep track of this card because we cannot risk losing it in this place and risk anything happening to you, to our party, to the entire city of Agmar. You are solely responsible <laughs> for us getting in and out of this room in one piece and together. Yeah, I got you, Val. I've got the card right here. And I pull out the same hand that had the card, and the card is very clearly not there. Just empty, an yeah. empty hand, but you're just pantomiming it? Wait, Val, I just had it. Wait, where'd it go? I think Val has enough insight and experience with checkers to know he's lying. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to count on your passive insight to be like, I'm making a character choice that I think you still have it. And then Junior just holds it up from the hat or something. No, it's like checkers is trying to be funny and Val just like straight face looking at him like, I'm taking this seriously. And checkers just weakly just reaches behind your head and go, it's in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. And then he like goes and like uses the card. (laughs) Yeah, Titanius just laughs. He's like... (laughs) I haven't had enough mortal interaction for the last 70 years to tell if that's a good joke or not, but good luck, I guess. So, Checkers, you you saw what Self did last time, which was basically just turn it into a doorknob. Can I make a suggestion? Yes, absolutely. I'm imagining this as, like, not just a regular library door, 
But as Checkers like slides the card into some invisible slot somewhere, and all of a sudden these large like elevator doors kind of open, and inside is this just regular looking like elevator. It's like old like 1960s like plastered like bad carpet and like wallpaper and stuff. And it just smells dusty and old. Absolutely. And and as you are looking in, and you're probably the only one who can see this, this didn't happen with Selves' card. Selves uh-huh. was just like, just a normal, like, boom, boom, open door. And this one, as it opens up into this kind of, again, maybe you would know about elevators. I don't know. Yeah. It's, there was a <laughs> high technology uh, era a couple centuries ago. But as you insert the card and kind of call upon this entrance, as you pull the card back out, you see it looks different. Mm-hmm. That now there is this kind of filigree on the outside of it, where previously it was literally just a very boring note card with like a three-hole punch uh-huh. in it and then Wingding's font. Yeah. <laughs> but now when you pull it out, you see that there is, it's almost like a frame of just Ooh. little art deco-y, but like gothic decoration around it. And now it's see, like even it is no longer a white, note card Mm -hmm. it's kind of grayish it is turned into a little something a little different Mm -hmm. as we step in there's only one button on the elevator and checker just pushes it (laughs) (laughs) unthinkingly like like, obviously we're going there as the doors close and they kind of creak shut the elevator just goes down and down and down and it feels like it's just going for a really really long time Important question, is there elevator music? I was going to ask yeah, the same yeah. thing. I'm yeah, glad yeah. you did. But yeah, more, right. More important question is, does it go down for like three hours? And <laughs> thereby wasting our entire uh, it, uh, time? Or uh, I'm, It's a lot less time than we would think, but it feels like it's forever because of the just the droning uh-huh. elevator music. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> As it plays uh, the girl uh, from Ipanema. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just this like hurdy-gurdy music that yeah. is just like one instrument playing the same six measures of music over and over and over. See, I thought it was really going to go on theme where it's just like a, like a death march kind of like <laughs> very low rumbling, but it's still the girl from Ipanema. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what kind of a music budget we have if mm-hmm. we can commission a, a goth girl from Ipanema. <laughs> Um, oh God, I do. I really want that. I know, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay, so this elevator descends and descends and descends, and you hear scraping as it kind of goes up against whatever arcane elevator shaft sides that this is. And it, you hear creaking, you hear all the sounds that if you are afraid of going on elevators, mm-hmm. those are the sounds <laughs> that it makes. Until eventually there is a creak and a slow and kind of a final bounce as you sense that the elevator has stopped moving. And the doors open. And before you is a long, dark hallway. Before you even get a sense of the details of it. I would like everyone to make me a constitution saving throw, please. Kastrin with a 19. Ooh. Checkers with an 8. Val <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. with a 17. Ooh. Selve with a 12. You have this just this tiny moment where 
the doors have opened and you are kind of opened up into this new area and you are all walloped by this oppressive feeling. It is like you are adjusting to pressure. Like you have suddenly been dropped into the depths of the ocean and your bodies are constricted a little bit and it's like your nose and your mouth are filled with these sensations of like dust and of something almost suffocating. You all continue to feel this, but for most of you are able to kind of steal yourselves accordingly and and just kind of hold on. But checkers. Yeah. You you're you're a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm small. You're just a little guy. And it crunches you a little bit. Mm-hmm. You specifically feel in maybe one of your pockets, in a pouch or something, somewhere on your person, uh-huh. you feel a burning sensation. Checkers is going to like, ow, 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 and like take off the pouch at his, at his belt and open it up and see like, what is happening? What you find is the little folded piece of paper oh. that Azan gave you that was checkers shaped uh-huh. that he said would help protect you against waves of magic that is just kind of in the atmosphere uh-huh. you can see it's on fire oh. <laughs> uh, checkers is gonna pull out this like burning little piece of paper that looks exactly like checkers and he just like starts trying to blow on it like guys guys I'm on fire ah <laughs> Oh no, oh no, Checker, stop, stop blowing, stop blowing. Checkers, great water. <laughs> and <laughs> if, if Checkers yeah. doesn't react fast enough, Val will try to like cup her hands over it to cut off oxygen. Yeah, supply. you have a barrel of water yeah, too. I was thinking, but I don't want to get it wet. So Selva will walk up will walk up to Val and just Yeah, say, I'm like, imagining like it's like, like you just put your hand over Checker's hand. So yeah. like you are right there and just holding it as he's also just like staring. Yeah. That's <laughs> what's unfolding. Oh, open your hands. And I will just a little bit of frost breath and see if that puts it out or cools Checker's down or or does something. Yeah, and Checker's for you as you're holding it, while it was really hot in your pocket uh-huh. and that kind of like signaled it to you. As you're holding it, it's like it's emitting no heat uh-huh. at all. Okay. And but it looks like it's just totally on fire. You can see all the bits of paper kind of burning up. I'm actually going to retcon it because I like this idea that instead of it being checker shaped, it's like tricorn hat shaped. Oh, sure. And is, <laughs> is, is lightly on fire. But you see, you get a first row seat as kind of the magic of self's breath kind of interacts with it. And just, it's like there's two warring elements for just a, a moment where the fire and the ice just kind of spin around in this big conflagration until whoosh, there's a big exhalation of air just kind of dissipates both effects and Mm. you look down and your hat is still structurally intact but is charred Mm. now and do i notice anything different about myself like am i burning do i feel anything different or is it just like the hat is singed and blackened do you what do you say in reaction to all of this happening and in terms of like val and self kind of both jumping in and helping you I think Checkers just takes a second and, like, looks and stares at the hat. Like, when Azan gave us this stuff, he wasn't really taking it too seriously. He's like, oh, fun, little origami things. Right. That's great. Uh, And now entering the room and seeing that it is 
burning and then like everyone kind of had to rush to help checkers put this thing out it just got it's starting to click in checkers mind like maybe he should take this a little seriously (laughs) (laughs) so as you're as you're doing that and kind of like looking and pausing and just kind of processing all of this i don't know maybe you're taking a deep breath maybe you're taking short breaths or maybe you're just breathing but like there's like a raspiness in your throat where it's not bad but it's like your throat is burnt just a little bit it's Uh not painful but it's like you got dust kind of just in your lungs and in your throat and checkers will just like put the hat away and just start like (coughs) (coughs) i got a frog in my throat (coughs) i imagine there is like a little bit of ash that comes out as you're like coughing totally Uh (laughs) yeah all the rest of you still feel the that oppressive feeling like it doesn't go away it is now like your body where your bodies were kind of able to to fight against it and kind of equalize it but it feels like you're just being lightly crushed on all sides i imagine it like you know we're down at the bottom of a, a shaft like at the bottom of the ocean kind of oppressiveness where it's just black everywhere mm-hmm. and as this is happening yeah, the door is open. Taskrin is already like on full alert. Does he see anything or intuit anything with his senses? Like, yeah. Anything like is there anything coming at us as this is happening? Yeah. So I, I love the I love the idea that Cass sees this happening and see but sees that it's gotten taken care of and moves immediately into like, all right, they've got that handled. What's coming? Is there something? Is there anything dangerous we need to worry about? And there is one direction to look and it is straight ahead of you as your eyes kind of get used to this pitch blackness it's not magical darkness but it is the darkest darkness Mm -hmm. that probably any of you have seen because there's no moon there's no stars and as you look out there are no sources of light but Kaskrin you with your dark vision can see out at least a little ways you look around, and it's a pretty narrow hallway, all things considered, probably five, ten feet across, and it appears to be made out of stonework, bricks and mortar, basically. And right on the edge of your dark vision, you see a door on one side of the hallway, just one lone door, and you can't make out much of the details because it's kind of a little far away and at a bad angle, but you can see there's an indentation where clearly there's a rectangular door. Kaskrin's going to like kind of fist bump your shoulder checkers. Yeah. To just like say, game time. <laughs> and Kaskrin's going to pull out the little wooden charm that checkers made for each of us. Uh, he's going to kind of like take the little wooden helmet off, revealing the continual flame spell that's cast on this wooden carving and kind of like take that forward into the darkness. The four of you plus Mango start advancing. And that feeling of kind of intensity is kind of all around you and still just adding this oppressive atmosphere. It is unbelievably dark. Nothing is emitting any reflections. There is no external light sources. It is just as far as Kaskarin's little charm goes, is it. And now... A word from our sponsor. Hello, this is your pilot speaking. 
I would like to welcome you to Reckless Airlines. Our total flight time for this episode is approximately one hour, and we will be cruising at an altitude of 2,000 frog stacks. In a little bit, the fight attendants will be by with complimentary clips and excerpts from previous Reckless Attack episodes. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts, and we would like to thank you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed your experience during today's episode, please be sure to fill out the in-flight survey and leave us a rating or review, or tell a friend. Book your next flight with us at www.recklessattack.com, and thank you for listening. The floor is dirt here. And the walls, again, appear to be mortal-made. They are, again, kind of brick-mortar situation. And you get to this doorway, which is just off to the left, kind of on the left-hand side of this hallway. As you approach it, you see that there are more doors beyond. In this doorway, there is a thick wooden door that is very sturdy and appears to perfectly fill the entirety of the door frame. The door has no windows, no nothing, but there is a handle and it is filled with locks and chains and bolts as if someone locked something inside of here and does not want it to get out. Right in the middle, there's a nameplate on this door. And you you just, you look at it, and you look, and you try to, like, okay, there's a kind of a loop. There's a, that should, uh, wait, what? And it's like you look and you get confused. Or you look and it just doesn't, it, you can't quite get it in focus, even when every part of the world around you is in total focus. You just can't read it. I imagine it's like when you're reading a book and then all of a sudden your mind just wanders and you have to mm -hmm. go back and read it yeah. again. Like that, Cashman is trying to figure out what this says, but like his attention just keeps slipping. Yeah, exactly. I am going to actually touch the nameplate, close my eyes, not look at it, and just trace it and see if I can make out what each individual letter is. Even though it looks blurry, maybe it feels like, well, that's an R. Roll me an intelligence check 17 roll me a constitution saving throw yeah that's uh -huh. gonna be bad that's a four as you are just kind of tr slowly tracing your hand over this nameplate you can feel those little bit of indentations and as you're just trying to piece it together you realize that even those light indentations are moving under your hand so something that you could maybe uh, I don't know maybe it's like an S or something you feel it morph and connect to other letters and expand and contract and just manipulate itself and then you all see Selv in a flash of purple energy get blown backwards Oh, and you take 13 points Whew. of force damage. Okay, not touching the nameplates. <laughs> and you all, this whole time, it has been 
deathly silent. The only things making any noise in here are you guys. And as this kind of arcane explosion happens, there is a rumble. And some dust kind of kicks up a little bit. And just the hallway shakes ever so. But as soon as that happens, things die down other than Selv has been blown backwards. There was no door on the other side of the hallway, was there? No, yeah, Because uh, that, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, pinball uh, back and forth. Yeah. Selv is on the ground against the wall and puts his, his hand on the ground next to him, shakes his head a little bit, says, oh, Don't touch the nameplates. <laughs> Selv, are you okay? Oh, that's going to leave a mark. Val seen what happened um, will without touching the door take a look at the lock and the nameplate and pull out the liminal Mm. looking glass Mm -hmm. and use its charge for the day to cast identify on the door so you all see Val take out her looking glass and as she does you all smell like a whiff of ozone after this kind of explosion where there is that kind of smell in the air and Val takes out her looking glass and kind of holds it up and Val your eye is how do I, how do I put this? I don't like what it's about to happen. You, <laughs> <laughs> you look it is as if someone shines a mag light straight into your eyeball. Uh. You reflexively have to pull back. And as you are kind of just like, even just in the moment or reflexively waving it around, everything around you is steeped in magic. And it takes you a second both to recover, but you'd have to like focus in the looking glass even more than usual to like hone in on, to cut through all of the kind of magic and magical effects. There are at least a dozen spells on this. It is layer and layer and layer of magic. And it's not just that these spells have been cast consecutively on this one thing. It's so much magic have been cast so many times in such specific ways that it's all blending together. As Val like finishes looking through the looking glass, she's like, "Oh frick, of the twelve, oh," and like rubs her eye, like, "Oh," <laughs> like starts looking up to like yeah, stars let it water. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like just blinks a lot. It's like, "Oh," it's just it's a really magical door, team. <laughs> so much magic, so much door. Casquin <laughs> is. Continuing to look at this door, are the locks on the inside or the outside? Like, is it keeping something out or like keeping like keeping us out or keeping something in? It is keeping something in, all the locks and stuff. Obviously, there are protections for keeping people out as well, as yeah. Selv has firsthand discovered. But these are all external locks that someone who wanted to go inside would have to disable, unlock, what have you. Checkers, after seeing the light shine into Val's eyes, after seeing Selv get blown back into the hallway, looks like someone doesn't want us getting in there. Well, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, cracks his knuckles, pulls out his little, like, bone 
uh, thieves tools. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we need to go into this door. Are we sure the books bind that door? There are other doors down the hallway. Again, you haven't gotten in front of them. This was just the first door Mm -hmm. that you guys have passed. But you can see further down, there are more doors. Val will collect herself and say, Checkers, hold on one moment. (laughs) A common refrain on the Golden Tree Guild. (laughs) Val will just kind of speak to the hallway, into the darkness. Hello. I'm hoping someone is here that could help us find what we seek. There's a moment. You kind of pause for a second. You wait. No sound is reflected back until you hear further down the hall and probably Casker and Raymond with dark vision can see the next door. You hear and see a thud where all of the chains that are on the next door rattle and then the one in front of you thud rattles you all start to hear a cacophony of sounds and wrestling and screeching and all kinds of horrible sounds emitting from doors in this section as if a zoo has come alive and is shaking at their shackles. My bad, team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I liked your idea. I liked Sel's idea a lot. And it's like, yep, this place sucks. And I'm, I'm very sorry. I don't want to discourage you doing these things. It just this is bad right now. <laughs> Checkers, as this kind of side discussion is going on as, and as all this is happening... Are you looking at this door <laughs> yeah, ready so, to yeah. approach it? Checkers was waiting with bated breath and hoping that nothing came back so he could use his thieves tools. And thankfully, nothing important came back. So he's like, <laughs> he's ready to go. He's like looking at this first lock. He's studying the door just to make sure like what's his angle of attack, you know, that kind of stuff. Because it's you, Checkers, and because we talked about it earlier, you kind of around this door... And anyone probably would have been able to notice it, but maybe not necessarily put it together because they didn't see what you saw. And what you saw was on the card you received after you kind of put it in, there was a new pattern and a new frame around it. As you're looking, as you're you're, you're kind of like henchman tiptoeing to be like, <laughs> hey, 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 you notice that around this door is a similar but different pattern and filigree around it than the one that you have on your particular book card. And just kind of glancing around, am I close enough to other doors to see if they have like a similar filigree or like are they different in some way? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that the light extends just far enough. And do you don't have dark vision, correct? I don't, but I've also got the little uh, wooden skull of the fortunate. Yeah, so. I'll say that just kind of on the outskirts of Kaskarin's flame token, that you kind of like look around as everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's what are we going to do? What's going on? Checkers, what are you doing? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but you can see that the next door, which is on the right-hand side now, it seems like they're maybe alternating different sides, also has a a decorative Uh frame around Mm -hmm. it that is different still. That is 
not what you're seeing on the door in front of you and also not what was on the library card that you hold in your hands. And Checkerth will make that clear to everyone. Hey guys, check this out. And he holds up the card that was given to us. When we came in here, this card changed. And look, it's got this cool little frame on it now. But also, look at the door. It's also got a cool frame. But it's a different frame. So I don't think this is the door we're supposed to go in. I think we have to find a door that has the same matching frame as the card. Makes sense. Nice job, Checkers. Yeah. Val. <laughs> I was going to say, Checkers high-fives himself as Val offers a high-five. like, oh, well. Yeah, no, Checkers <laughs> just high-fives himself. Nice. <laughs> so, there is still a cacophony. Um, it's, it's already kind of starting to die down a little bit, but now you guys are able to, like, pick up individual sounds a little bit more, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's thuds, sometimes it's screeching. Every once in a while, there's, like, a blood-curdling mortal scream of someone dying but also of all kinds of chirps and whirs and musical notes and just this cacophony of strange things that don't make sense together but checkers has a lead i'm gonna ask you guys to make another group skill check now this time since you are not really going through a library section, there might be some amount of order, but you can't really tell because you can't read any of the names. Uh, I will entertain different skills that you guys will be using either as you separate or as you um, as you kind of stick together to kind of uh, find the place. Also, checkers, as the bearer of the card, mm-hmm. you will have advantage on this. Nice. And I'll also say, as you guys are proceeding further down and starting to compare to contrast uh, that one has three skulls on it and not the two skulls or whatever it starts to branch and it is not just a singular hallway it could be very easy Mm -hmm. to get lost in this place Val is to no one's surprise trying to find any type of pattern recognition in the door frames because It is her firm belief. Like, libraries are her religion. There has to be order. Mm -hmm. There has to be logic. Of course. And so she is taking her time looking at the door frames, especially when she came to the grid section. And she'll take some time to look at the card that Checkers has look at the different styles mm-hmm. of other door frames and just see like, okay, this one is in the art deco style, but yeah. has maybe like different filigree totally. or like the door frames have squares on the corner. Whereas like checkers has like diamonds on the totally. corner of his car to try to find that. So I was thinking like, like an investigation, maybe something intelligence based, probably. Yeah. Or I was thinking like Arcana because like it's like a magical filing system a bit. I'll allow Arcana. That's fine. Okay. Because this is obviously a pretty magical place. Mm-hmm. Does Val get any bonuses for her job being library? I think this is unfortunately too weird of a library okay. that this is like, this is more, this is more your feet of pattern recognition and ciphers mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, which is why I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely roll that. That makes total sense. Not great. 
13. Okay. So you mentioned that this area is confusing. It's dark. It's oppressive. Yes. And you might even still honestly be a little distracted by right. like your burning lungs and throat and whatever. So it is not a fun, <laughs> not a fun experience for, for checkers in particular, but anyone. It is labyrinthine and dark and you get lost almost immediately. Right. And so Checkers is going to really focus his time on making sure the group stays connected, that we stay moving in the same direction, that no one's wandering off anywhere, Mm -hmm. especially Checkers. (laughs) And just, I'm hoping to use survival to just keep us navigating in the right direction. Yep, absolutely. I think that's a great, especially as everyone else is kind of working to like try and figure out, is there, is there a pattern? Is there anything like that? I think that's perfect. Cool. Man, low rolls today. 13 as well for checkers. It's, okay. He is really distracted by the burning sensation in his lungs to keep everyone moving. Yeah, and you're, well, and you're only able to do, like, maybe you're only able to do, like, one thing where it's like, I can keep people together or I can try to wayfind, right. but I can't do both. Right. And so I can only sort of do one or the other kind yeah. of thing. Absolutely. Self, what do you do? So I was thinking this was put together by librarians and so at least at one point yeah and uh if it was by the pentarchy then it should be organized in pentarchy standard and so i was thinking with the uh libra morte uh l and m are kind of in the middle uh and so my suggestion was to use insight to try to figure out where a law and order society would place specific books according to the alphabet. Hmm. And so I'm going to move, you know, somewhere towards the middle and concentrate on there. So I'm going to be cool with insight because I like the idea of like, I'm just trying to like, I'm not trying to read what the section is. I'm trying to read what the intention might have been. Yes. Um, so yeah, give, give me a roll. Okay. A total of 23. Wow. Nice. Nice. I think that's also what you rolled in the last one. So I'm getting the sense that this is like a prison down here and we are like trying to navigate through these, you know, jail cells. Absolutely. Almost. Okay. I know that there was a there's so much sound, so many noises that are here, but like does it seem like anyone is paying attention to us? I guess like if we like could we interact with them or are they just off in their own world making these noises? Ooh. What would you like to do to investigate and or engage someone or something? And someone is probably hopefully not the right term mm-hmm. for this, but to engage whatever presence is on the other side of one of these doors. I'm almost imagining like Catherine's going down and like knocking on each of these doors. They already know that we're here. He's trying to find maybe one of these beings, anything is like intelligent enough for us to communicate with. Mm-hmm. Try and use persuasion. I love that. I, I love that idea a lot. Give me a persuasion roll. Natural 20. Hey! Oh, hey, what's the total? 26. Whew. You are knocking on... Are you knocking on, like, every door that you guys yeah, are passing like, like, just you know, to see? There's so much noise anyway. He's, like, doing, like, three quick knocks on each door just to see what happens. So every once in a while, nothing happens. And you don't know whether they're they're empty, whether they're unresponsive, whether it's something else. 
And then other times, whatever sound is emitting only becomes more intense, mm-hmm. where you can hear the sound of like a jungle in through one of the doors. And it's as if someone just turns up the volume and intensity, and now monkeys are howling and shrieking, and you can hear tiger roars and all kinds of just intense sounds and are met with no seeming intelligence or anything like that. Eventually, though, you hear a voice. Hello. Who's there? I'm already terrified. (laughs) Catherine returns in that same voice. We are here to find a book. Can you help us? And, like, he doesn't know if this is, like... I'm imagining this is actually, like, the third time this has happened where something has returned words to him. But the last couple times have been just, like, mimicry. You know, someone... He says hello. Someone says hello back. Yes. Um, So it's, like... He's hesitant. I can be a book. I don't know what that means. I can be whatever you need. Just open the door. Catherine has not told anyone else yet that he has found this, but he is going to say, he's going to ask, I could do that, but who are you? I'm me. Here to help. Let me out. Does Catherine get any sort of compulsion to open the door? Roll me an insight check or or something along the lines that would kind of check in with yourself to be like, wait a second, am I being mind controlled? <laughs> yeah, like, do I want to open this door more than normal? 16. You can feel like a shadow or like a, a pale reflection of something. Try to kind of grasp at your thoughts, but you're not fighting it. It's just you're you're noticing it's like this isn't really doing anything. Something is it's trying to do something, but it does it's not affecting me. Or not even powerful enough or not coherent or corporeal or whatever. Whatever it is, it is not enough to even force you to make like a saving throw game mechanic wise, but it's trying to prickle at you mm-hmm. just a little bit through the door. And Kaskin will reply Like I said, my friends and I are looking for a book. And I appreciate your willingness to help to be a book. But... I can be a friend, too. I can help. Uh, I'll help and I'll I'll be a friend. Yeah, I'll be a friend. Yeah. We're looking for the Libra Morte. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's um, on the other side. Uh, Just go two, two up. And start going to the left. Somewhere that way. I don't... I, it's a little confusing, you know, in here. But you go there and then come back and, and friends. Be friends. Yeah. Friends. Right? Catherine will just say, Thank you. You've been very helpful. Wait. Friend. 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 Come back. Friend. Friend. Kaskarin, as you get this last bit of kind of detail, again, you guys have been wondering not all that long, but have been kind of 
trying to figure things out, piece together whatever semblance of order there is. And you get this last little detail. You move forward a couple rows, you go over a little bit. And suddenly you're just kind of looking around, just gazing. At the corner of your eye, you notice some words, which is a novel experience (laughs) here. And you turn, and in front of you is a similarly padlocked, chained up, totally unopenable door. Except on the nameplate, it reads Libermorte. Casgrin is going to try to get everyone's attention, even amidst the noise mm-hmm. of the hallways. I feel like Val is really making Checker's job hard, where she's like, no, no, I just have to look at the door. <laughs> and Checker's like, oh, God. Come on. And he's you know, going to try to get everyone around and one, double check that everyone can read the same thing. And it's not just yep. a hallucination. <laughs> yep. Here. yep. Everyone can see it. It is perfectly legible. It is like kind of the classic all caps, very stylized font that just reads right there. And so Kaskrin, with everything going on, says, I think we found it. Now, how do we get in? <laughs> Maybe the card. And Chekhov has his thieves' tools. <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh? Huh? Checkers is, and he's been excited this whole time to get to use his thieves' tools. Like, he's been, tr- he's been stuck in a maze full of locks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he's like, I just want to try, I just want a lock pick. I just want to get rid of some of these locks. So he's going to study the door a little bit, confirms that it's the right one, make sure that it's not unlocked, and start trying to lockpick some of these locks to get them to open because he, he wants to test himself against this door. What does it look like? You know, and again, there's tons of lock. Most, you know, there's a lot of ones that just kind of like slide over yeah, like yeah, a hotel yeah. lock kind of thing. But there are definitely a few kind of like padlocks right. and all kinds of strange things. So just can you describe how checkers would approach one of those and what it looks like as he clicks it open and opens this door? Man, I have a really dumb idea. Do it! <laughs> it's, again, like, I'll, I, I transparently will tell you as GM... Checkers can literally, I mean, within reason, yeah. but like the the act of checkers going up to, with the intention to open it is what makes it work. Yeah. Checkers could be like, I bump it with my butt and everything falls yeah. off <laughs> and like it opens. So like, have at it. So I'm imagining checkers using the index card that he got mm-hmm. in not the intended way. <laughs> He's going to actually use it like... You know how sometimes you can open up door locks with a credit card yes. and yeah. yep. slide it in? <laughs> Absolutely. He's, yeah, he's going to use the index card to just like slide open some of those locks on the door. It's like, well, yeah, this, this card matches this door, but he's going to like try and pick the, pick the lock with it. You guys see Checkers jimmying this lock <laughs> with the note card. And just hilariously, every chain and lock all just flies open and drops to the ground very dramatically in ways that are totally unconnected from whatever Checkers was doing. And the door, like, you don't even open the door. The door, now unrestrained, just swings open. Another self-high-five for Checkers. (laughs) (laughs) It is totally dark. Seems pretty shallow, so the only source of light even in here is the token that Cass is carrying. Inside this room, sitting 
on what appears to be a carved-out bench on the opposite side is a figure reclining very nonchalantly. They appear to be wearing some long black robes. They are a very relatively small uh, human-sized kind of individual who has totally white skin and a shaved head. This person looks up and meets eyes with you and their eyes are totally pitch black. No whites, no irises, nothing. And cocks their head, furrows their brow, says, and who might you be? I think our question is, who are you? I'm sorry, I thought you would have known. You're presumably here to get me. I'm the Libra Morte. And that is where we will end this week's episode, everyone. See you next week. Yay! Yay. Everyone is so quiet. That's not confusing. And he is going to pull out the little skull yeah, of the yeah, fortunate yeah. and like open it up mm-hmm. uh, and kind of move forward a little bit. So the skull has continual light cast on it. And like Caspian doesn't really need it so much, but he is kind of leading the skull of the fortunate. No, sorry. Um, a little charm. Little no, charm. the little thing oh. that checkers made each of us. Had... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Me... I was, I was like, like we didn't yeah. keep the fortunate skull. Yeah. Sorry. Let me, let no, me go back a little bit. You yeah. didn't keep it. I love it. Sick as hell. Yeah. 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 Sorry. It's continuous flame. Okay. It's flame. Okay. Yeah.